This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And Saturday Night Live, a good evening, everybody, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, fueled by the Sinesta Hotel, where we invite you for our first union leader roundtable. That coming up the last Saturday uh, in in October. More details about that as the show rolls on. What a great show uh, we have for you tonight. Joe Krause in studio. J-Doc is off uh, on a Saturday night. That's a rare night off uh, for J-Doc, but a dynamite uh, show in the studio tonight. Councilwoman at large, Helen Gim, uh, is with us. Hello, Helen. Welcome into the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you uh, very much. And also president of Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, uh, Lou Ager is in the studio. Nice, as well. me, yeah, nice to have you back, Lou. You blew up the phone so much the first time we're in. Couldn't <laughs> wait to get you back. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, three to big topics tonight uh, that we're going to talk about uh, on the big show. So I want to set the table uh, for our listening audience uh, and just at least outline what we're going to get into over the next hour here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Are the first topic uh, of conversation uh, tonight um, is the elimination of all property tax, which is on the November 7th ballot, Helen. Uh, this is something that we cannot let happen. That's exactly right, uh, Joe. So this November 7th on the ballot is a constitutional amendment to eliminate all property taxes with no plan to replace the billions of dollars that go into funding our public schools and many of our city services. Um, It's an attack on public education in our state. It's an attack on the middle class. And it's a dangerous and reckless idea that uh, an extremist wing is is pushing right now. And it's uh, one of the most dangerous things that nobody knows anything about. Nobody knows anything about it. We're going to tell everybody in Philadelphia about it tonight. That coming up. Uh, also, Lou, we're going to talk about uh, the Jones Act. We're going to get into that uh, as well. Another important conversation. Uh, the Jones Act is an act that protects American uh, shipbuilding, um, American shipping, and American ports and it's also protects america because we still keep a vibrant shipbuilding uh, industry in our country um what it does is also says that all ships sailing in american waters including puerto rico have to be american built and american crewed what has happened is we want to suspend that allow aid to puerto rico but let's not throw out the whole Jones Act, as pr- people like Senator John McCain and s- other other uh, members of uh, the anti-union movement want to do, protect American shipbuilding jobs, including many in the city of Philadelphia. All right, we'll deal with that as well. Coming up in the second block, that'll about 718 uh, on the big show today. And then at the bottom of the hour, 734, uh, we're going to have a discussion. And Lou, I'll start with you. And then uh, and then uh, Councilman um, Helen Gim, I'll come to you for just a quick soundbite on it. Uh, the Janus to Decision. What is it, Lou? What does it mean? The Janus decision, is, well, it's not a decision yet, but it's coming up in front of the 
United States Supreme Court. And what that would do is overall 40 to 50 years of precedent and say that public employees do not have to pay their fair share of the cost of bargaining and, and uh, contract um, enforcement. In other words, if you went to a gym, you didn't have to pay for it, but you could still go to that gym. And what it is is really a uh, an effort by the anti-union forces in America to weaken labor, destroy the middle class, and in turn ending up destroying democracy. And Helen, we're gonna, that's going to attack a lot of public employees. Yeah, I imagine absolutely. that's the bullseye, it's, right? It has a huge impact on police, fire, uh, teachers' unions in particular, but the public sector unions are the backbone of uh, the American middle class, flat out. And the Janus uh, case threatens that more than any other Supreme Court decision. And this is where the consequences of the president's appointments are going to really matter here. Um, and, you know, we we got a, a little bit of a break on Friedrich because it stalled out um, with the untimely passing of Antonin Scalia. But this one with Gorsuch sitting on the bench is a real threat to American democracy. All right, we're going to get into that as well. J-Doc, who's off today, he'll weigh in at 717. We'll bring him into the conversation uh, at 717 for just a couple of moments. Helen, let's get into, okay to call you, Helen? I'm okay to do that, Absolutely. right? Uh, Helen, let's talk about uh, the elimination of all property tax that's on the ballot. Um, to me, unbelievable to, to consider that or to actually say that when I think about the ramification of what that actually means in terms of the the money and then the fallout from all of that missing yeah. money. So the the amazing thing was is that this sailed through both the House and the Senate with hardly a peep um, being revealed to anybody. But on the ballot will be a constitutional amendment enacted by popular vote with almost no information available to the average voter about what this is about. I mean, honestly, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, would you like to eliminate all your property taxes? Most people would say, sure, why not? Let's see what would happen. But the problem is, is that property taxes fund everything. They are the backbone. Those are the things that we don't have to worry about in terms of where we get funding for schools and where we get funding for the city of Philadelphia in particular. Um, But this tax is uh, being couched as a relief fund on property taxes. Um, it doesn't solve anything. It would actually, it doesn't have any legislative solution. It just says, hey, let's just get rid of property taxes. And then state or municipality, you figure it out. But this is billions of dollars. There's a legislative proposal on the books, SB 76, that proposes that we raise all wage taxes in Pennsylvania and that we raise the sales tax. Um, You know, for people who are seniors and and that we expand the sales tax so that the sales tax now includes food, clothing and the other essential items, maybe prescription meds and other types of things that would normally have been exempted. And for senior citizens in particular, this has a huge impact on them. You know, this has a huge impact if they're suddenly paying taxes on on uh, grocery store items, on every single every single item that they buy in the grocery store, every single piece of clothing that they buy, shoes, diapers everything. Um, And it is an extraordinarily reckless and dangerous thing. The fact that it sailed through the House and Senate with hardly any public hearings without anyone really knowing anything about and then boom, it's going to appear on the November 7th ballot should be frightening um, and wake everybody up real fast. It also is disappearing without any of taxing alternative. The state is saying, well, you're on your own. But you know what? That means that the Comcast Tower is not going to pay taxes and the nurse or the teacher, or the welder, or the operating engineer, they're going to have to pick up the taxes. So the wealthier, the people in a large house in Gladwin, or an office building in Center City, 
they're going to their taxes are going away but the taxes on people that go to work every day do the hard jobs of everybody uh, you know performing all the services making america move that tax burden's going to fall on them that's right and there isn't a single person out there who's listening tonight who doesn't believe that income inequality is the greatest threat that we've got going on in this country this tax means that the burden of property tax now shifts to wages and income so we know that wages and income are grossly unequal so then this is going to even more uh, institutionalize that kind of inequity by taking away property taxes, which businesses pay for, now no longer have to pay for, and all their employees will make up through their wage and income taxes. That's just makes no sense, and it's dangerous and wrong. In simple terms, Helen, the public, the appeal to the public would be yes, right? Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. That's the that that's the double-edged sword in in the equation. Yeah, and that's the danger that we've got going on here. That this um, extremist wing is feeding the idea: tax is bad, tax is bad, tax is bad. When the American public doesn't believe that, the American public wants to know what taxes are going towards. Yes, I'll pay taxes if they fund quality schools. Yes, I'll pay taxes if my roads are are fixed and and pothole free. Yes, I'll pay taxes as long as my trash is picked up. But this is this makes no sense. This is selling the idea that you can make a whole cl- class of tax structure disappear and that boom something else will come and and take its place and we know that that's that not happened this is a tax that benefits the extreme wealth uh, of the wealthiest of the wealthiest um, because we know that people who have money and means put their put their income taxes away in places where they can't be taxed. Um, We know that that happens on a regular level. We know that business taxes, business to business taxes, for example, are exempt from sales tax. So there's a whole set of exemptions and protections that are built in to our income tax structure um, that makes income tax a fundamentally unequal way of funding our public services. Lou, let me ask you to weigh in. With With every action, there's a reaction, and the ramification or the result of the reaction sometimes is worse off than the, than the original action. Well, first let me say one thing. This is also a fraud on, on, on the people of uh, Pennsylvania, because what this is really designed to do, it's not designed to make taxes fair or get rid of property right. taxes. It's designed to drive the fringe elements in our society to the polls to vote against People that will make America, uh, Pennsylvania fair for the middle class. People like Dwayne Woodruff and Maria McLaughlin and, and Ellen Seisler and Judge Moulton and if I forget anybody else running for, for judge, it, it is designed to do that. But let me tell you, they did this in California and services suffered. They can't balance a budget. They don't have money. They just limited property taxes. We're going to destroy them. I don't know where that money is going to come from. If your house is on fire and you don't pay property taxes, there's not a firefighter there to put it out. Helen, it doesn't make sense. The puzzle doesn't make sense in the in the equation, yet the even the – well, not even – the schools, the funding of the schools, right. and the fallout from that. We're already dealing with that conversation already. We've talked about it so many times uh, on Saturday Night Live. This compounds the problem. Yeah, and I really want to thank you for being such a big champion of the public schools issue. But, um, you know, one of the things, and I recognize that people are stressed out about why their property taxes are going up and why their schools need money. In Pennsylvania, it has a lot to do with the fact that our state is 
isn't funding our schools. That's why we've got a Supreme Court lawsuit. That's why there was a decision that came down that said the Supreme Court will intervene if the state is shown to be failing in its uh, funding of public education. Our local property taxes are going up because the state is failing its job. And rather than Harrisburg legislators trying to fix this situation by putting more money in, by taxing the frackers, by making sure that we don't give the store away to horse racing and gambling casinos and all those kinds of things, that we actually put some effort towards funding our schools. You would see property taxes go down or stay stable. Um, But instead, you've got a legislature that did exactly what Lou said, which is perpetuate a fraud, put something out there that is absolutely antithetical to anything that we know would make sense, work, or be safe for Philadelphia, for Pennsylvania school children or our seniors and our elderly. It's extraordinarily dangerous. And that's why, you know, both of us are on here tonight to ask your listeners to wake up, um, talk to some people and and be very clear. You got to vote no on this property tax exclusion uh, elimination amendment that's going to be on the November 7th ballot. Councilwoman at large, Helen Gim in the studio, along with Lou Ager, president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council. Obviously, that topic alone, Lou, is one that will take us deep into the night uh, if we wanted to or if we had the time. Uh, as we roll to our first break, uh, we thank you for joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. When we come back, the Jones Act. What is it? What does it mean? We'll continue our conversation with Lou and Helen in the studio. J-Doc uh, will weigh, and we'll open up the phone lines. Back in a moment. That's what we don't have. We lack equity, not excellence. We have the capacity to do it. We lack the will. That has come from all the way up top from the state of Pennsylvania. And the saddest part of all is that we're seeing it here in City Hall. Back here live on Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT Councilwoman at Large, Helen, G- Helen Gim in the studio, President uh, of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, Lou Ager uh, in the studio as well. J-Doc hanging on the line. We'll bring him into the conversation as well before we transition into the Jones Act. Uh, Cindy checking in uh, from Ben Salem. Cindy, welcome into Saturday Night Live. Appreciate the uh, phone call. You're uh, live in the studio with Councilwoman at Large, Helen Gim, Lou Ager, uh, and Joe Krause. Hello, Cindy. Hello there. Um, I'm in disagreement. I can see both sides of this tax thing that I'm just hearing right now. Um, but when she mentions the seniors, a lot, I'm a shopper, okay? And I joke all the time, Pennsylvania is great because there's no sales tax on clothing. But seniors aren't as much a consumers as younger people. And the school tax thing is always a hot button with me. I know my mom pays school taxes. She's a widow. And, you know, the ongoing joke is the township owns our house because the school taxes are so expensive. And there have been um, people in the neighborhood that are seniors that had to leave because they maybe were in the same position where they were widowed and maybe they didn't have the savings to keep putting out the school taxes with maybe one pension check or one social security check when they were accustomed to living with two. So I don't think that helps the seniors. I think it helps the school teachers and the children. Um, I have school teachers in my family. One of them just retired to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They don't pay very many school taxes. 
Um, I just think it's a hot button. I think seniors, I think it's in New Hampshire or Maine, you can apply when you're over 65, um, that you don't have to pay school taxes. And I think that's what they should look to. Helen? Yeah. Well, first of all, I wanted to thank Cindy for calling in and just agree with her that I have a lot of sympathy for people um, who are struggling um, right now. And that has a lot to do with the fact that the state of Pennsylvania has basically forfeited its share of funding public schools from 50% down to 34%. Um, And when they drop in their share of public school funding, that means each locality and municipality has to make that up. That took a big hit under Tom Corbett from 2012 to 2016. Um, We're trying to turn some of that around, or that's right, 2012 to 2015. 2010 to 2014 um, and we're trying to do some of that turnaround but the um, you know we we need to solve the issue of r- appropriate school funding not put the burdens on our municipalities our localities our seniors and our vulnerable communities but we can figure that part out without eliminating the property tax that's the key thing we don't want to eliminate the property tax or or give people an opening to completely walk away from property tax spending and that includes walmarts that includes comcast that includes all these big entities and companies that really need to pay property taxes and support our schools support our state and support our residents Cindy, thanks very much for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, And thanks for weighing in uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Obviously a hot button topic. Uh, We're going to transition out of that uh, and try and recap when we get to the end of the show. The Jones Act, uh, Lou, I'll give you the floor to to introduce the Jones Act. We'll bring J-Doc into the conversation as well, who's weighing in. J-Doc, hello, sir. How are you? We miss you, man. Good good show in the studio tonight. We'd love to have you here, but at least you get a chance to weigh in uh, and Listen to uh, uh, Lou as we begin our transition into the Jones Act conversation. Joe, how are you? Nice talking to you. It, it, it's uh, certainly great to uh, be calling in. You know, I, I, uh, I'm really, I wish I was in the studio with Helen, Jim, and, and, and Lou Ager, who's one of our most passionate labor leaders across the uh, city of Philadelphia. And Helen is, is a uh, champion uh, for our public schools in, in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, certainly, as I listened to the conversation, unfortunately, uh, I'm not in, so I wasn't able to catch the whole thing. But, you know, we've talked about it many times on the show, Joe, when you're talking about our public school kids. Um, anything um, that takes away from our, our, our public schools and, and the programs and the education, and you're taking away the future of our children. And, you know, even with the soda tax, we talked about it a couple I guess a couple weeks ago with Chris Woods. You know, I heard Helen say talk about, you know, um, the Walmarts and the big businesses paying their share. Well, that's what Chris Woods said. He said, you know, before we go into other areas, um, certainly we need to make sure that some of these, these big corporations are paying their share. And certainly, uh, you know, you're taking away property taxes. It puts more stress on our school system. Let me just say this. Uh, we, you take away... You take away even extracurricular activities. You're taking away self-esteem. You're, t- you're taking, you know, you're even kids with the bare minimum. And our teachers, we talked about before having 40 to 1 ratios. I mean, at what point, um, you know, does, does Harrisburg, you know, want to jump in and con- let us continue this instead of making it worse? So uh, we're real passionate about that. And certainly I'm, I'm sorry that I can't be in there for this and, it's very important discussion. Uh, good stuff, J. Doc. Appreciate you weighing in. Go ahead, Lou. Um, 
Jones Act? Yeah, let's get okay. into yeah, the let's Jones get, in, Act. get into the Jones Act because we teased it. It's important. I want to talk about it. The Jones Act is a, is a law. For, I think it's about fifty or seventy five years old. That said that shipping in American ports, and that counts Puerto Rico, Alaska, Hawaii, Texas, port to port, has to be done in ships that were built in America that are crewed by American crewed, and and I'm not sure about this, but I think they have to be unloaded by American longshore uh, longshoremen. Um, right now, uh, one of the problems is that Puerto Rico needs hundreds and millions of dollars of supplies. And since the Jones Act would restrict who can ship them, the um, Donald Trump, the president, has lifted the Jones Act for 10 days. Now, it's important that we get supplies to Puerto Rico. And we help the people of Puerto Rico because they're Americans. Even if they weren't Americans, we want to help them. But they are Americans, and they are our people. They are our citizens. So we should lift the Jones Act until we can get over this hump. But there are people in this country, specifically John McCain, who lives in a landlocked state and shouldn't care one bit about how other people make a living, wants to destroy the Jones Act. And what that will do, it will destroy American shipbuilding jobs, including all the ones at the Philly shipyard, where we make the last private shipyard made in America, and which I'm the president of the council there, so have a, uh, we will lose jobs up and down the, the waterfront. We will lose uh, uh Seamen that, that ship out at a Union Hall on uh, 4th and Oregon, and we will lose all these jobs. And, 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 and more important, well, as importantly as that, is if we don't have American cargo shipbuilding capacity in America, in America, we are at the mercy of foreign shipbuilders. And if they want to jack up the price, if we ever have either a another energy crisis or a or a def- uh, defense problem and we don't have the ways to ship our goods to our troops overseas and we don't have a shipbuilding capacity we put our the security of this country in jeopardy let me ask helen the way in there's the, the impact to the city of philadelphia the impact to the shipyard the impact uh and the fallout from that everything has a fallout uh this is major this this i mean the Jones Act is important. I think that's the baseline statement. Yes? Absolutely. And I agree with with Lou completely. We want to make sure that crises are dealt with. And for those, we can have waivers and supports and appreciate um, Lou's championing of, of recognizing how important it is for Puerto Rico to get the resources that they need. But we can't use this as exploitation and dis, dismantling of protections that exist for our labor, uh, for important labor protections that that people have been working for for a long time and recognize often get exploited. So um, I think it's important as well that there be a waiver and appropriate attention paid that Puerto Rico isn't necessarily singled out. But um, but the Jones Act needs to stay and it needs to be one of those important issues that we stand up for and recognize as an important protection for American jobs. Let's ask Lois. Let's weigh in. Lois on the hotline uh, calling in from Philly uh, wants to uh, talk about the Jones Act. Lois, uh, a good Saturday evening. Welcome to Saturday Night Live with Councilman at Large Helen Gim uh, and Lou Ager, president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades. Hello, Lois. How are you? Fine. The Jones Act was passed in 1920, and without that law, there would not have been a merchant marine when World War II started. And this country could not have won the war without the benefit of the merchant marine and the men who sailed those ships, which is very important. My husband was a graduate of the Merchant Marine Academy, but during the Second World War, as a cadet, 
It was the only federal institution to have its cadets participate in the war as part of their sea training. And his discharge, when he was granted in 1988, lists his rank as cadet. In 1991, when the first Gulf War started, he received a sea readiness questionnaire from the Maritime Administration because it's been the policy of this country to cut the enrollment at the Merchant Marine Academy. It's extremely important for national security, and that should have been mentioned. Lois, thank you for the call. Lou, I think that was one, you know, at least in the pre-show conversation, that was one of your bullet points. Yeah, Lois, that's that's great. And and, you're, and people don't realize that during the Second World War, the Merchant Marine took thousands and thousands of deaths. I forget the name of the Humphrey Bogart movie they made about the, uh, the Mer- is it something by the North Sea? Anyway, that, that before the Second World War started, especially, Merchant Marine carriers d- were, were doing under the Lend-Lease program to Britain lost thousands of people to German U-boats in the North Sea. And, and, and the, the, the heroic measures by merchant marines during the Second World War has to be something we should really recognize, uh, as we should do with all people that, that put their lives in jeopardy. Moving along on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, bottom of the hour, still a lot to get to uh, when we come back. The Janus decision, uh, more on the tax vote. We'll continue on the Jones Act. And later, uh, information on the Knights of Labor historical plaque. We'll end our show with that small nugget. Back in a moment. This is a state that has failed time and time again to deliver on the promises it made to the citizens of Pennsylvania, to the residents of this city, and to the children of Philadelphia and elsewhere. Councilwoman at large, Helen Gim in the studio, joining us here tonight along with Lou Ager, uh, president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council. Welcome back to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Top of the hour, Dan Loney is here. Uh, Dan takes you into the night every Saturday night uh, from 8 to 11. Uh, Continuing our conversation tonight, we've talked on topics that are hot buttons. Uh, The tax vote, we're going to recap that again at the end, Helen. I want to make sure that, uh, that we talk about that again, uh, the Jones Act uh, as well, uh, and I want to transition into the Janus uh, decision, Lou, um, but before we do that, a quick programming reminder, next week on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, Governor Wolf uh, will join us along with AFL-CIO President uh, Pat Eiding will be here, that's all next Saturday. The following week is our Union Leader Roundtable, we go live to the Senesta Hotel uh, in downtown Philadelphia, that That'll be on the last Saturday uh, of the month in October, first week of November, part two of our series in black and white. That'll be Saturday, uh, November 4th. So three good shows coming up uh, following a good show tonight with Councilwoman at Large, Helen Gim, Lou Ager, who's the president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The Janus decision, Lou, uh, start with that, fill in the blanks, and let's get some dialogue on it. Okay. Uh, I think 40 or 50 years ago, but many years ago, there was a case called Detroit versus Abood, which said that public employees have to pay their fair share of the costs of negotiating a contract and enforcing that contract. And this was the way it was for years, and this is the law of the land. Well, recently, um, the force, the anti-union forces in America who have, after trying to destroy the labor movement in the private sector, now want to destroy the labor movement in the public sector. And as I was saying to Helen and Joe earlier, 
that there is actually, if you remember all in the family, that the face of labor has changed, that it's now more likely that Mike Stivick would be in a union than Archie Bunker. So there's a case that was uh, last year was called Frederick's VCTA that was the first shot at this. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Antonio Scalia died, or I'm not going to say anything else. But so the decision was 4-4, and public employees saved their union. Well, there's a case in front of Supreme Court this session called the Janus decision, Janus case. And that will say that as a free speech issue, First Amendment issue, public employees do not have to pay their fair share. Now, that would be similar to me going to a gym and not paying for the gym. Me going to a restaurant and not paying for the restaurant. I get all the benefits of unionization. If I get fired, the union by law has to represent me. If I have a problem on the job, the union by law has to represent me, and I don't pay a penny towards the union to to, to do that. Now, when somebody's making you do something against your will and not paying you for the services – that was outlawed by the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. You can't deprive somebody of their property without due process of law. So what I have to do, what we're, what this would make is that every non-union, every public employee would be exempt from um, paying dues. And it's really an attempt to weaken those employees, the public employees in this country, that will that that and attacking and further attacking the middle class. I used to think that, you know what, the right wing in this country wants to destroy democracy to destroy the middle class. I don't think that anymore. I think they want to destroy the middle class so they can now destroy democracy. Yeah, I don't know how much more to add about how serious the Janus case is before the the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, Scotus is going to hear it. Um, you know, it's a, it's very dangerous, and it's important to recognize this isn't really driven by uh, the public sector employees themselves. This is driven and funded and is a fantasy of the extreme right wing, that they are looking to undo the public sector unions, which have been the primary force and protection against absolute corporate control over political elections, over um, you know how we're going to determine like working conditions in our in our uh, public schools, for our police, for our fire. Um, you know, this is absolutely dangerous for every single uh, middle class uh, worker who is out there teaching our kids, protecting our streets, um, going out there. This isn't being driven by them. This is being driven by other forces that want to undo the power that public sector unions have played in protecting American democracy and values. I always ask. I always ask. The, I always ask our listeners, uh, not when driving, but I always ask our listeners: uh, close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes and use theater of the mind. Use start to put yourself in the position, or start to put yourself in the middle of about of what's going to unfold. Fold and start to realize what the re- result is and how that affects you in all these all three conversations tonight. I think if you don't put yourself in the middle of it, Helen, you don't realize the fallout that's going to take place, which ultimately is going to come back up the other side and hurt you anyway. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that's important to think through is that the backbone of American labor is through our public sector. I mean, it's one of the things that distinguishes uh, the 
the the viability and the breadth of the American labor movement, and to see the public sector movement, uh, public sector labor movement gutted through a Supreme Court decision because one additional appointee got onto that Supreme Court is just absolutely antithetical to anything that we believe in. We saw what happened when Wisconsin teachers took on Scott Walker um, several years ago. We saw the shutdown in the state capitol, how they held the line. Scott Walker came back and he put he instituted right to work legislation in that state and really did a uh, a huge damage to the power of of Wisconsin teachers um, and to a large part of the labor force. And people very slowly got on board on that train. I think they didn't see how significant the attack would be on the overall labor. They saw it mostly as like narrow attacks on different uh, sectors. But this is one where I'm so glad that Lou and many others um, in the in the building trades and, and in particular representing broad swaths of the labor movement recognize how absolutely dangerous Janice is to the to the overall labor movement, whether you're in a building trade and think that you might be protected or not to gut public sector unions and not to have their voice at the table is so dangerous uh, to everybody. Lou, what's the plan? Well, I don't know if we have a plan at this point. The we point need one, is right? that, that, that this shows that the politicization of the Supreme Court Citizens United was long-standing precedent overturned just because the right wing and the anti-union forces and anti-democratic forces wanted to do it. Abood is going to be overturned by Janus, not because it's a bad law or a bad decision or not founded, in fact, because this is what their their masters want, the Koch brothers and the people, the Trumps and the people that, that are running this country, the 1% that have just disdain for democracy and disdain for the American middle What's class. What's the end result? What, what what does it look like if it occurs? The end result is it's going to be a change in the labor movement. I don't know what that change is going to be, but I've lived through lots of changes in the labor movement, and I always tell people, you know, every time the labor movement's been down, we've been brought back by one thing, and that's immigrants. And I always tell people the story. I tell people is that my grandmother learned to speak English in her union hall. And hopefully the demographic change and the change when our back's against the wall, um, at some point we're going to have to look at the whole labor movement and how we do things and make changes so we can survive. Or if we don't, we're like a shark. We don't stop. If we stop swimming, we die. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors uh, for serious injuries on a Saturday night in Philadelphia, gorgeous fall night uh, in the Delaware Valley. We thank all of our listeners for being a part uh, of the big show. A special show tonight, Councilwoman at Large, Helen Gim, uh, is in the studio. She's not cold anymore. We warmed up the studio, or she warmed up the studio, one or the other. Thank you, Helen, very much uh, for being here. Lou Ager, Lou Ager, who's the president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council uh, is in the big chair uh, tonight. We're going to take a commercial break. Let's get into uh, a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to bring everything back full circle and start where all the conversation started tonight on this constitutional amendment that's on the ballot in November 7th, elimination of all property taxes. Just say no. Back in a moment. Back here live on Saturday Night Live. Welcome in Delaware Valley to Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, Joe Krause in the studio. J-Doc is uh, enjoying the weekend and enjoying some uh, much-needed rest. He's off tonight in studio. Uh, is Councilwoman at large, 
Helen Gim. Thank you very much, Helen, for coming into the studio. Uh, President from the Philadelphia Metal Bil- uh, Metal Trades Council, uh, Lou Ager, uh, as well in his inf- or in his grand return. Nice to have you back here, uh, Lou, uh, in the studio. Three conversations tonight, and we just uh, touched um, we just uh, touched the surface uh, of each conversation. Uh, let me recap. I've got a caller. We're going to bring uh, him into the phone and then jump back into this constitutional amendment, the elimination of all property taxes, uh, and we'll get Helen to weigh in on that as we bring you to uh, our final segment. Lou, I want I do not want to get out of here uh, without our Knights of Labor historical plaque um, that we're going to talk about at the, ver- at the very end. So we'll, we'll get that in at the end. Is that good? That's fine. I just want to add one thing. Before, not only am I the, the head of the Metal Trades Council, I'm also a business agent, organizer, and attorney for the greatest union in the Philadelphia Building Trades, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 542. Right. Good stuff. Thank you for putting that in there. And I'm sorry that I cut, I didn't mean to cut the to- cut your title, but I appreciate you uh, bringing that in there. Sean uh, is weighing in from uh, Ben Salem. Uh, he joins hey, us on uh, he joins us on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Sean, a good Saturday night. Welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. How are you, sir? All right, Joe. I wanted to jump in here because nobody was concerned when they pushed through NAFTA and we lost tens of thousands of jobs out of Philadelphia. I worked at Nabisco on the boulevard, and we lost that plant because of NAFTA. They sent our jobs down to Mexico. Nobody was concerned about losing those jobs, you know, at Hollingham. And, you know, she wasn't really up in arms about sending our jobs out because, you know, Democratic opposition uh, pushing NAFTA in the, in, oh, it was a great thing, but we lost a lot of jobs. Now, all of a sudden, they're concerned that Trump is trying to fix this stuff. But nobody was concerned when we were losing these jobs. It was all okay. I, I just want to know where she's at with this. She makes everything into a racial issue with the wheelie wheelie food truck. Everything is a racial issue. It's not. We are all Americans. We're all trying to, you know. Well, let me give well, Sean. All right, let me let me give Helen a chance to uh, respond. And thanks for listening in on Saturday Night Live, Dad, Helen. Sure. Absolutely. And then Lou, I'll follow up with you. Yeah, so I think I was uh, grad school or something like that when NAFTA went through. But, um, you know, there were a lot of people opposing NAFTA. I don't think that there was silence about NAFTA at the time. I think there was a lot of opposition to NAFTA um, when it went through. I I did, uh, right after uh, school, I went and worked um, as a business reporter in Mansfield, Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio was home to White Westinghouse, GM, U.S. Steel, and I absolutely documented and recorded the impact of what happened both pre-NAFTA in the, in the years leading up to the NAFTA decision and the devastating impact it had when all those jobs left Mansfield, Ohio, like a small town in between Columbus and Cleveland um, that was absolutely devastating. By the by, the absolute refusal to support um, or the idea that uh, you know labor should just uh, capital actually and should just be able to move fluidly across borders um, and that there was no thought or protection for American workers. I talked to U.S. Steel people. I talked to uh, manufacturers, laborers, people who talked to me. And and as a college graduate, just fresh out of college, I was like. 
not understanding because I, you know, was naive at the time. And they're telling me I'm making $45 an hour in the 90s without a high school diploma. And I'm not going to find another job like that again. And and this country has to has to help it out. And that really changed my view a lot. Just being and being able to go out there and talk to folks who had to live the consequences of those policies. And that really has shaped a lot of what I think about that I don't believe in policies that come down from the top, that there are people who live consequences um, that we may not have predicted or have thought about. But if we are not constantly conscious of what's happening to our working class um, folks, and especially to people who are vulnerable, um, we're going to lose as a society. Well well done, well stated. Lou, 60 you know, seconds to weigh against, in on that. I was against NAFTA. If you look at, at the convention in Philadelphia where I was a Bernie delegate, I, me and Jim Savage at the Steelworkers led the Pennsylvania delegation in a protest at the TPP. I have not had an Oreo since they closed the factory in Chicago. I have not had a yingling. I will not drive a foreign car. I will not... If I can, I will buy an American-made suit. So to say that people like me and Helen Gim weren't against NAFTA and weren't against the jobs, we I agree with Ross Perot when he said that giant sucking sound is the jobs of the manufacturing jobs of America going to Mexico. Well, now they've left Mexico, and they're still looking for cheaper places. I see stuff made in Vietnam. I was at a store once, and I said uh, I saw a polyester jacket made in Vietnam, and I said to my wife, I said, the two worst ideas of the 70s, Vietnam and polyester, in one place. Saturday Night Live with Philly Lay Run Talk, Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, in, in our last seven minutes, I want to circle back, Helen, to how we started uh, this conversation. And I'm not minimizing uh, the conversation or, 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 or the um, all of the different areas that we've talked on tonight. But I do want, it seems to me, there's an urgent importance uh, that we should all have um, about this elimination of all property tax. Perhaps this is an example of where, when I asked the listeners to close their eyes and imagine this, this might be it. Yeah. So November 7th, um, there will be a constitutional amendment on the ballot proposing that effectively it opens the door to the elimination of all property taxes. It'll, it will come coded around the homestead exemption and other types of things, but um, it's opening the door to the elimination of property taxes in our state. It's uh, something that we are asking all of, all of the listeners out there to please Go talk to your neighbors about this, to please go out there and recognize what a dangerous thing this is to eliminate a whole class of property taxes that fund our public schools, that fund our cities and and essential services, and to not have a replacement, not to have any kind of sound, uh, responsible alternative to it. Um, We know that we have to talk to our seniors. We know we have to talk to a lot of vulnerable people who are angry about their property taxes going up. In fact, it has been largely because our state is not appropriately putting money in towards the funding of our schools. That's why property taxes are shooting up since uh, Corbett came into office and we haven't effectively solved that situation. Um, He put the burden on the municipalities. He cut state funding for public education. Municipalities had to make it up. That's wrong. Um, We want the state to put in more money towards our public schools and allow property taxes at the municipal level and the 
at the municipal level to stay stable so that we don't have to make up for the, what the state isn't doing. But the answer is not to eliminate property taxes. The answer is to tell the state to do its job, to tell Harrisburg to do its job, fund our schools. We've got a we've got a constitutional lawsuit before the state Supreme Court that they're not doing it uh, enough. And um, and this is not the answer. So asking folks to go out there, talk to your neighbors. People are going to be angry. They're upset about their property taxes. I understand that. But the answer isn't to eliminate them. The answer is to fix the fundamental problem. Um, if we get rid of property taxes to fund our schools, we're going to put the burden on our income taxes in a one-to-one ratio, $1 of income tax for every dollar of property tax. Guess what? The richest schools and the richest community, the richest communities will have the richest schools and the poorest communities will have the poorest schools. That doesn't change anything. Um, we want to change that system. And that means voting down this constitutional amendment, going out there, talking to our neighbors and making voting be what it should always be. A democratic process of us talking about the issues that matter with the people that we care about um, and going out there and trying to and set some standards for this country. Councilwoman at large, Helen Gim. Um, with an exclamation point uh, on the subject and on the conversation, along with Lou Ager, president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, in studio uh, as well. Lou, just a couple of minutes left uh, in the show, and then I want to come back to Helen to give her cl- to get her closing thoughts. Uh, Knights of Labor historical plaque um, in Kensington. I know that was a subject that we wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, I apologize in advance for only having a couple of minutes to so, do it, but let's do it anyway. Okay. Many people don't realize that the one the modern labor movement. The um, non-traditional craft unions, the, the the manufacturing unions, the unions that were built by immigrants and African Americans, were founded on Coral Street in Kensington um, in the 1880s. I, th- I believe it's the 1880s at the home of Uriah Stevens. The Knights of Labor was the first organization that allowed immigrants in, allowed African Americans in was built on on industrial lines that allowed steel workers and rubber well, textile workers and garment workers in fact um, Uriah Stevens the founder was the was a clothing worker amalgamated clothing workers union what went on to be the amalgamated clothing workers union uh, and this historic event is unmarked by a plaque and myself Danny Bowder of the AFL-CIO and Pat Eiding in the CFL are working. We're going to do the research, and we're going to hopefully get a historical plaque at this historical place that is one of the hallmarks of the modern labor movement in the United States of America. All right. Good. Well said. Well done and well said. Coral Street uh, in Kensington. Pat Eiding will be on the, uh, on the show next week. We'll have conversation uh, with him uh, about it. I hope you'll join us at the Union Labor Roundtable, the first one coming up uh, at the Sinesta. Uh, that's the last week uh, of the month uh, of, Octo- of, of October. Again, next week, Pat Eiding, Governor Tom Wolfe will be with us uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHD. Councilwoman at large, Helen Gim, uh, I give you last word tonight on the big show uh, which means you have 60 seconds to close up uh, to close up you can say anything you want to say um, you can uh, uh, anything you want it's all you sure well first of all thanks Joe um, what a great show and I've, I've always learned to be wherever Lou asks me to be because yeah. uh, he usually has good instincts but you know one of the things that I hope that people recognize right now because this is a frustrating time for a lot of people around American politics but I hope people look at their municipal politics a lot differently that at the local political level 
whether it's at your ward, your committee level, or your city councils, or your DAs, or wherever they may be. Um, we can move things in Philadelphia, and that's what we're trying to do. Look, we're not always going to agree. Your listeners are certainly not always going to agree with where our policies are. But the one thing we should agree with is that local municipal politics is where we can make change happen that makes a difference in people's lives. And no matter whatever is happening outside in D.C. or Harrisburg, this is still Philadelphia. It's still our city, and we have a lot of work to do. All right. Well done and well said. Councilwoman at large, uh, Helen Gim, uh, joining us. Uh, Lou, I have time to give you uh, 30 seconds, I think, if you'd like to put a, a recap on the big show tonight. Oh, two one things. First of all, I'm the name plaintiff in the new gerrymandering suit. We're hoping to get rid of gerrymandering so politicians, we can pick our elected officials, not vice versa. The other thing is, if you think public education is expensive, try ignorance. Good stuff, good quote, good way to end Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Stay tuned for Dan Loney. He'll take you into the night uh, from 8 to 11. Uh, Don't forget about our show uh, next week uh, with uh, Governor Wolf and Pat Eiding, president of uh, the AFL-CIO. That's going to do it for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. On behalf of Councilwoman at Large, Helen Gim. On behalf of Lou Ager, president of Philadelphia Metal Trades Council. And on behalf of Jay Doc, who took Saturday night off tonight, and all of our listeners, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time. I seen that open space. I hope you're saving that for medical marijuana because I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I just want to let you know we're talking big numbers. We're talking, as you know, they're talking trillions, but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money. I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet. That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean, efficient, safe, and on time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.